Welcome to the Northern Local School District Positivity Project podcast, where we focus on the 24 character strengths inside each of us and teaching the other people matter mindset to help make our communities a better place to live. Hi, my name is Ed Wolfel. I am your host today for the Northern Local Positivity Project podcast. Today I have the privilege of interviewing Mike Irwin, president and co-founder of the Positivity Project. Mike and I are going to discuss his time at the University of Michigan studying under Dr. Chris Peterson and how a hashtag, Other People Matter, turned into a movement with the intent of empowering America's youth to build stronger relationships. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Mike as you have the opportunity to hear firsthand why the other people matter mindset is so important and the benefit it has for all of us. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Mike Irwin, co-founder and president of the Positivity Project. How are you doing, Mike? Very good. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to, to the discussion. It's a pleasure. Um, Mike, can you please share a little bit about yourself um, for our audience as far as where you've come from, full circle, getting you to the Positivity Project? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Syracuse, New York, and um, I ended up going to the United States Military Academy at West Point, where I studied in economics. And then I graduated there as an intelligence officer, and then I uh, was commissioned into the Army. So I served in Texas and North Carolina and Arizona, uh, Iraq once, and I deployed to Afghanistan twice. So uh, that was an awesome seven-year start to my military career. And then from there, I uh, was fortunate to be chosen to go to graduate school and then to go back to West Point as a teacher. And so I, I studied positive psychology at the University of Michigan under Dr. Chris Peterson for two years. And then I went back to West Point and taught. And uh, then the Positivity Project really emerged about two years ago uh, as a very organic movement. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit today, where there was this, this demand for how can we more effectively teach character education? How can we more effectively uh, you know, talk to students about who they are and also recognize who, who other people are? So that really all stems from um, a lot of the research of positive psychology. And I was very fortunate to have a front row seat for that for, for two years studying under Chris, who is one of the co-founders of the field. So yeah, so that's kind of it, it in, a, in a nutshell. And I guess the only other thing worth mentioning is I still serve in the Army Reserves as a lieutenant colonel. Uh, I actually get promoted here in a few days. And I'm an assistant professor in leadership and psychology back at West Point. And uh, I've also recently co-authored a book on leadership uh, that I've been working on for the past seven years called Lead Yourself First. So I, I've got a bit of an eclectic uh, portfolio of ways that I spend my time, but certainly the most uh, demanding and most inspiring stuff right now is centered around the Positivity Project. So, you know, I, I'm aware that the Other People Matter mindset or that hashtag pretty much grew, if I'm correct, correct me, uh, after um, Chris Peterson passed away. And that was like kind of your way to keep his legacy alive. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I remember when I first heard him say those three words, Other People Matter, uh, it was in 2009. And I admittedly, I found it a little bit trivial, and I, I said, okay, yeah, of course other people matter. Uh, I'm not sure that that's worth specifically highlighting and emphasizing. And um, lo and behold, over my next you know year and a half, two years of studying in grad school, I really came to understand what he meant by that. 
um, you know, he would travel around the world as one of the co-founders of positive psychology and he would give speeches uh, and he would, in a very uh, you know, humorous way, start off the speech by saying, hey, I, I know a lot of you have to be here. You're required to be here. If you don't want to listen to me talk for the next hour, just listen to me for the next five seconds. Um, positive psychology can be summed up in three words. Other people matter, period. Anything that you can do that builds relationships in and among people is going to make you happy. And so um, he really sort of took those three words and started to repeat them a lot. And, um, and so, yeah, when we launched the Positivity Project a couple of years ago, um, of course, in this era of social media and hashtags to help organize the movement, um, what better way than to honor Chris's legacy um, you know, who tragically, you know, he passed away of a heart attack in October of 2012. So we're approaching the fifth anniversary of his passing. Um, and, and so the Positivity Project, since we are grounded in the research that he led, and, um, and again, me as one of the co-founders had the opportunity to study directly underneath him. Um, it's such a powerful and authentic way to keep his spirit alive. Um, within the Positivity Project and all the schools and the children and the teachers that we're reaching um, through this mindset, right? Building this notion and reminding people all the time that other people matter. So we're less than two weeks away from our the, the official start point for the calendar year for the Positivity Project. And obviously we start with the other people matter mindset. And with that, when you talk about his research, could you explain a little bit how they developed the 24 character strengths and where that came from? Sure. Yeah, it's definitely one of those questions that a lot of people have because a lot of times we've been given a trivial understanding of what character is. We often hear things like, you know, character is revealed when you're under pressure or character is what you do when nobody's looking. And those certainly describe a portion of character, but character is much deeper and more complex than that. And so in 2010, uh, in 2000 to 2002, Chris led a team of 85 researchers, and they read basically every major influential um, book or uh, theology uh, that really that they could find uh, across all cultures throughout the world. And so they went through that, and they did what researchers do. They classified it. They debated it. They adjudicated with one another. Uh, and said, yeah, I really think this, this should be one of the components of character. And, and then this one maybe shouldn't. Uh, and so they went back and forth. And so what you have really these 24 character strengths that your students are learning about week by week through the Positivity Project strategy, they really are the product of the most rigorous and time-consuming effort to ever understand character that the world has ever seen. Um, and the product of this, for those of you who are interested in some light reading, is an 800-page book called Character, Strengths, and Virtues, a classification handbook uh, that was published in 2004. And that handbook really goes through the origins and the derivatives of all of the 24 character strengths and, and why the researchers settled on them. Because again, this is qualitative research, not quantitative. Uh, it could only be done by reading and analyzing and discussing and debating. It, this is not, you know... Uh, understanding character is not like bringing together two chemicals at 32 degrees Fahrenheit um, and every single time the exact same reaction is going to occur. Uh, to understand character, it was a far more 
um, ambiguous and um, unchartered path. And so that's why this, the effort that Chris led, you know, was so critically important to the field of positive psychology and now to the Positivity Project. I'd be curious what your version of non-light reading is with 800 pages, but uh, it is a good book. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely. so with the 20, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, absolutely. I just was saying it's, um, it's definitely a very uh, heavy read. Um, you know, and uh, that being said, for those who, who become passionate and excited about this, it also becomes a read that, you know, that a lot of people make, they pick it up and they read it and they go through it because they become interested in, in understanding you know, where did these 24 strengths come from? I, I found it to be a great resource working with the staff and as we plan different activities in the building for the kids. So it's been great here. So within the 24 character strengths, obviously everyone has their, their top three. So what would be your number one character strength? Yeah, so my top character strength is enthusiasm, uh, often referred to as zest. Uh, number two is optimism and number three is gratitude. Um, those are, those are my top three strengths. And, um, you know, it's, I'm very thankful because not only, you know, is the positivity product helpful as we partner with schools and all that, but studying this stuff has helped me in my own life and in my own relationships. Um, my wife, her character strength of enthusiasm is literally number 24. It is one, number one for me and number 24 for her. And, and I joke, but um, it's this knowledge and this understanding that has um, helped us, you know, um, to better understand each other and, and probably prevented a lot of fights and arguments because, um, you know, I joke, but she could win the lotto and um, would probably send me a text message and let me know matter of factly that she won the lotto. Um, you know, whereas I wake up in the morning typically, um, you know, full of energy, you know, from the very moment my feet hit the floor. And so what you see is, again, how we're very different people in terms of that character strength and how useful it is for me to know that about her and for her to know that about me as well. So then what would you consider one of the character strengths that you continue to work on for yourself? So like everybody, um, nobody has got this powerful portfolio of character strengths where all 24 are just overflowing with excellence. Uh, that's just the nature of you know, being human. And so you really, for me, the, the ones that are at the bottom are prudence and forgiveness. Um, those two are just, uh, you know, very important character strengths. And it's, it's not like I'm proud of the fact that they're the ones that I struggle with the most. Um, as you know, Ed, one of the big things that the Positivity Project teaches is that all 24 character strengths are very important. They all matter. Um, you know, and, you know, in this case here, um, forgiveness and, and prudence are very important to relationships and um, to planning for the future. And, um, you know, I still have the capacity for these strengths within me. They just don't come very naturally. And so, again, real powerful uh, factor of the, of the P2 is that I'm aware of that. I know that those are strengths that I have, but that are not going to be natural for me to turn to, but that I can still find a way to tap into them and to think more about the future um, and to be able to get past when people, you know, hurt me or do something that, that offends me. So um, those are the two that I'm, I'm always working on. In that over time they can change and how do we improve on some of those? Yeah, so what we do know from the research is that character is malleable. You know, it can change. 
um, we know that there's a generally a certain set point, and and it's unlikely that that prudence or forgiveness is going to just jump to the very top of my list, um, you know, or that enthusiasm or gratitude or optimism are, are going to fall. Um, but there's definitely a lot of room where we can grow and strengthen, you know, a lot of our different character strengths, and I think that's really important to believe that and to know that the research shows that because so often in life I think you know we default especially in our relationships to saying, well, that's just who I am and you know, I'm just not going to be good at being able to forgive or I'm just not going to be um, good at controlling my emotions, right, with the character strength of self-control. And what we know from the research is that we actually do have the ability um, to, uh, to shape our character strengths. Uh, you know, it takes work, it takes focus. Um, there's specific exercises and things that we can do um, we can write gratitude letters. We can write forgiveness letters. Um, we can be more deliberate in our planning. We can implement these changes in our life to grow our character strengths, especially if we are in a season of life or we're in a pocket of our life that really demands certain character strengths. Um, so you know that is very, very important for all of us to know, um, and especially to be able to teach students and teach kids this. So that they know that as they go through life, that they do have the potential and the capacity to, to strengthen their optimism and their outlook on the future or their kindness or their humility. Um, and again, the more effectively they can do that and work on that uh, and be aware of that, I think the better it serves them in their relationships with other people. I've definitely seen that with our students uh, over the last year when it comes to showing gratitude and appreciation for each other and how they have improved that as a whole building. It's been great to witness. So over awesome. the last uh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just say I love to hear that. That's really great. What would you say has been the biggest surprise for you for and or with the Positivity Project? Oh, geez. That's a great question. Um, you know – I think that um, the biggest surprise that I've seen is that um, not not growth because you know we really thought that it would grow you know pretty rapidly once we we got the word out there to people um, you know and we got the word out into the education arena um, for sure because I think that a lot of people are, are aware of uh, a lot of the challenges that that youth face today and that it's a difficult time especially to be a middle schooler and a high schooler with the technology and all the distractions and all the noise of the world. Um, you know, I guess I would say um, the biggest surprise um, probably um, stems to uh, or goes back to um, the. Yeah, I'm trying to think of of, a, uh, of the the right answer. This is a great question, Ed. You you stumped me a bit. Um, I don't want to just kind of just give uh, you know an off the cuff answer. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I would say that the thing that surprised me the most is um, the fact that it is now being in demand at high schools within just one year of launch. Um, you know, we've seen it, you know, the success, especially at the elementary schools, um, because, you know, a lot of educators in elementary school, I think, really uh, see this as part of their job. Um, you know, we expected, you know, schools like Somerset, um, you know, to embrace this. Um, but I guess I've been the most surprised to see the demand that even, we don't even know what the Positivity Project looks like yet at high school 
and we've got a lot of high schools demanding it. Um, we're piloting it in eight different high schools uh, this coming school year, and, and we've got more like basically waiting to go um, in Pittsburgh and Dallas and, and in other places. But I'm very surprised that even without having a strategy already locked in and what it looks like at high school, that so many high schools have come forward and said, hey, we want to do this. We don't even necessarily know what it looks like. I got that. Um, but we, we want to do it. Uh, and to me, I think that is the long-term you know, that, that the real power of the Positivity Project is not that this is just a, an elementary school strategy. Um, I think it needs to flow into middle school and into high school because that's when peer pressure and, you know, the stakes get a lot higher. And I think that it's super important to be able to, um, to make sure that it carries forward. So it's a very, uh, it's a surprise that I'm very pleasantly surprised with. It's a life strategy. I know that I'm excited to see where our kids who are in kindergarten and first grade now end up when they get to high school, having been experienced to this for a good five years and carried over with them and the impact it will have in our community um, as our children grow up to become adults and hopefully come back here and help take care of our community and lead us. Absolutely. So I've got two more questions. Uh, one, what would be your most memorable experience while attending elementary school, and how did it impact your life? So I think, and I share this sometimes in person, you know, my most memorable uh, interaction was with my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Flynn. Um, and I remember her, and she put this down on my report card, but I also remember she verbalized it quite a bit. And, and she set the expectation in me as a six-year-old that I had leadership. Uh, potential. You know, I didn't know that leadership was one of the 24 character strengths back in 1986. Um, I didn't even really necessarily know what leadership meant, but um, I remember her saying, look, you are a leader. You're a leader in this class. You're going to be a leader in the world one day. Um, and those words stuck with me. They stuck with my parents. They um, were on a report card, but they also were, were again, said to me verbally. And you know, that to me will always stick with me and, and really it shapes uh, shaped my understanding of the power of positive language and the power of words that we use. Um, you know, and to me, that's probably my, my, my uh, most impactful memory um, from those years in elementary school. Uh, it wasn't something that one of my friends said or did. Um, it was something that my teacher in kindergarten said to me. It's a wonderful memory to have. I know I've enjoyed listening to you share that at different um, trainings you've given us for Positivity Project. And for it to happen at a time when, you know, the 24 character strings weren't available for adults, kids, families to use and understand and to be able to identify in kids says a lot about your teacher at that time and the impact that our teachers have on kids with how we treat them and, and what we say. Yeah. No, you're spot on. And just to build on that a little bit, I just actually saw this video that's kind of making its way around Facebook. You know, uh, I remember, you know, growing up, you know, in the 80s and, you know, uh, early 90s and, you know, a big phrase was, you know, sticks and stones might break my bones, um, but words can never hurt me. And it's interesting because to some extent, I think we do need to raise children to understand that, look, you're not always going to, not not every child in, in, the, in the country has been exposed to the Positivity Project and it has been taught about how powerful their words are and not every, even every teacher or every adult or every coach you know, has been taught that. Um, and, and so I do think it is important to know that you know, when, when bad words or negative words are said, that uh, the ability to be able to ignore them is important. Um, at the same time, it is super, super important 
to uh, instill within children, instill within adults that interact with each other, as you just said, Ed, this is a lifelong thing, but especially with adults that interact with kids as coaches and as teachers and as parents and mentors, um, to understand how important that positive language is. And that example of Mrs. Flynn is just a powerful reminder um, you know, to me personally, just about every day, about how important the words are that I choose to use with my own kids and you know, with people that I interact with and that I lead. Um, and um, it's just super important to, to not lose sight of that because it's very easy to get lazy with our language or to get caught up in the emotion of the moment and to use negative language when speaking to somebody, especially children, if they're doing something that is annoying you or driving you up a wall. And I think it's, again, just useful to always remember the power of our words, um, especially when used as a force for good. Very well said. So is there anything uh, that we have not covered that you feel would benefit our listening audience regarding the Other People Matter mindset, which, again, the day the podcast airs, we'll be starting it that week, which we're excited for. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess I just would conclude by saying that, you know, it's really exciting to see the Positivity Project in Ohio. Um, super excited, you know, especially, I, I know, you know, the, the phrase originated in Michigan. So, you know, that's, that's there's, uh, up north. Yeah. that's how we refer to yeah. it, right? Right. That, that, that school up north. So, you know, despite that, I'm glad that no one's you know, sort of holding any grudges about that. But, um, but, uh, but seriously, it's, it's really great to see, um, you know, parents and teachers and students, you know, in the Zanesville, the greater Columbus area, really starting you know, to embrace and to grow the Positivity Project. You know, you guys did it for, you know, last year for the first time for one year. Um, and the great thing now is the ability to build on it. And like you just said, like first graders become second, become third, become fourth graders. As, as this language becomes just commonplace in their conversations, in conflict resolution discussions, in their writing, that's really powerful. And, um, you know, I'm just super thankful that, you know, as many people as possible are embracing the other people matter mindset, um, are thinking of other people. You look at it, something going on down in Houston right now, um, with all the divisiveness and all the challenges and the problems, you know, of the country, you see how people come together. Um, and it's beautiful when people embrace that other people matter mindset. Um, and again, the more you can do that in your classrooms and in your school and in your community, the better it's going to be for people as individuals, whether those are kids or adults, and the better it's going to be for the collective. So um, really excited to see the Positivity Project year two um, in Ohio and look forward to continuing to watch the growth and the impact that you, know, you have on each other and that you have especially you know, on your students and the youth of the community. Well, all that wouldn't have been possible without your work with Chris and everything that you and Jeff have put together. So it's greatly appreciated here. On last note there, your Lead Yourself first book. Uh, I've enjoyed reading it. I've shared it with others. Where can someone purchase that if they're interested? Yeah. Um, so just a uh, brief note on that is, you know, you can go to, you know, it's at Barnes and Nobles or it's on Amazon. Um, but yeah, Lead Yourself First, Inspiring Leadership Through Solitude. Um, just like... Um, positive psychology. Uh, I began the journey uh, of this book in Michigan in 2010. Um, it was a seven-year process to, to work on that. Uh, and just like Jeff and I have co-founded the Positivity Project, I, I co-authored that book with um, a federal judge up in Michigan named Ray Kethledge. Um, we're super proud of the final product, and we're hearing great feedback from people, especially in a world that's full of so much distraction and so much noise. 
that really reinforces the importance of solitude and stepping back at, at points throughout your day. And, you know, at the end of the day, early in the morning, um, when you're driving places, to find that time and that space to clear your head because um, it's harder than ever to do it. And if you have the discipline to be able to do that, to, to get to solitude, to get to that quiet space, um, it's a real competitive advantage in life, in, you know, in, your, in your personal life, in your professional life, because uh, it just gives you that calm and that space to make better decisions. And so much of life and leadership is based about decisions. So, yeah, so if you can find Lead Yourself First on Amazon or in local bookstores and look forward to hearing people's feedback. Thank you very much for your time. I hope you have a nice day. Thanks a lot, Ed. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I hope that everyone enjoyed today's podcast and interview with Mike Irwin as we discussed the Other People Matter mindset and the Positivity Project. Join us next week on Monday, September 18th, when Clint Rhodes talks about curiosity, the first of 24 character strings introduced this school year to our students. Let's talk about what goes right in our lives.